0: Welcome to another entry of Eusebius on Times Live. The purpose of this one is really what we call in journalism, explainer journalism. We want to explain a significant event to you. One of the most important news items today would have been a judgment that was handed down in the Equality Court in which AfriForum had lost a case against Julius Malema Mbuisen Inglosi, the leaders of the the economic freedom fighters, and also losing the case against the EFF as such. Those were the three respondents. And basically, this was a case in which um, AFRI Forum had hoped that the Equality Court would declare the singing of two songs. We often forget about the second one when we report on this as hate speech. One is Kill the Boer, Kill the Farmer, or Kiss the Boer, Kiss the Farmer. And the other one is Biza Ama Fire Brigade, Call the Fire Brigade. And we want you, by the time you have listened to the end of this 10, 15-minute explainer, to understand exactly what the court had said, the legal reasoning behind why EFF won the case. And we'll keep it simple so that you can understand the essence of it correctly But we'll also add in one or two extras for those of you who are a bit more nerdish and already familiar with aspects of law related to hate speech. Joining me is advocate Ben Winks, who is an excellent lawyer and already one of the country's experts on a number of subjects, but in particular when it comes to law and constitutionalism related to discrimination specifically. You're listening to Eusebius on Times Live. That's this latest podcast on Times Live. And it's me, Eusebius McKaiser, exploring the major issues of the week. That means you're gonna hear a lot of law, politics, and ethics, how they intersect, and how important these stories are in the life of all South Africans.
1: When people saw
0: their children must know these are sellouts,
1: they put saliva on the paper.
0: Mr. Julius Malema. Whispered and said, "Sing it, sing it."
1: And then they shared that zone. No, what I'm not going to
0: apologize. For you
1: Can I have my iPad? Please? So they stole it.
0: Ben, thanks so much for coming back on the platform.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: They wanted Kill the Boer, Kill the Farmer and the other one about the Fire Brigade to be declared hate speech. Why did the court find against
1: them? The court found that both uh, the song uh, Kill the Boer and the chant, uh, Afri Forum had called it a song, but the EFF said it was a chant, call the Fire Brigade, burn these Boers, were not... The court found that these were not intended to be taken literally. The EFF called one uh, factual witness, um, Mr. Malema himself, and one expert witness, Dr. Liz Gunner, who was a an expert in language and uh, particularly in struggle songs. And uh, the court accepted their evidence that, firstly. The reference to Boer is not literally a reference to a white or Afrikaans uh, farmer. And secondly, that the reference to kill or reference to burn in the second chant uh, are not meant to be taken literally. So at the level of meaning, the court held against Afriforum on two counts. First is that the utterances or the expression concerned were not based on prohibited grounds alleged, such as race, ethnicity or language. Um, because they didn't literally refer to white or Afrikaans people. And secondly, that uh, they did not uh, cause or incite, harm or propagate hatred because they weren't uh, intended to be taken literally.
0: Let's go through those in turn and then do a little bit extra. On the first, the objective meaning of the song, it not being literal. I remember watching Mr. Malema and thinking to myself, this is why Malema is such a sophisticated politician, but also a smart individual. And you undermine him at your peril. He had made a similar point years ago in an interview on TV with Justice Malala. On that occasion, I think he was being insincere. It was around the time when he said, I would kill for Zuma. And Justice was trying to hold him accountable. And his response was, how? Justice, I can equally say you are dressed to kill. It's called a figure of speech. So he's had that argument in his back pocket all along. But I think on this occasion, particularly with the expert academic witness, it certainly, to my mind, seemed not just a case of performing an argument and hoping that it will stick. But it's genuinely true that this is a song that is about systems analysis about oppression and the academic goes further and talks about its ability to galvanize people which is what EFF wants and the other element that I didn't include in our little WhatsApp check that you and I had because I, I thought I'll save it for now is that I also found it interesting that on that objective analysis of what the song means from a hermeneutics point of view, it was kind of interesting, wasn't it, that if anything, not only was the song not about individual white persons, but in fact, the song was about a conversation between black people. And this is the EFF, a black-led organization, trying to target the state, which is led by a black-led leadership of the African National Congress. And that's interesting, because what it actually means is that Aaron's roots as a white person is actually, if you think about it, inserting himself into an intra-black conversation.
1: Yeah, that certainly seems to be the uh, the evidence of um, uh, Dr. Gunner, is that this is a conversation between the EFF and its uh, supporters and um, the supporters it seeks to attract and those uh, against which the EFF is opposed. And the EFF is opposed to at least in this context and how it's presented is uh the government and the government's policy on land the government refusing to nationalize land this was the particular um, evidence that was given was that this is about the land question this is about land dispossession and the response to it and the image of the farmer historically is about the dispossession of land, the exclusion of black people from land, and the continued um, disenfranchisement of uh, black people economically more broadly, as well as in the rural um, agricultural setting. And even white women. Indeed, that is what uh, Mr. Malema testified as well. It's anybody who's excluded from land by the preservation of historical patterns of power and privilege.
0: Before we talk about that question, Of the causal link between the song and direct assaults on farmers and white persons i did want to ask you just one question related to the meaning of the song i personally find the expert academics testimony compelling and the court's analysis of why they accepted it also compelling but i wondered if you could explain something that that keeps so being something we come back to you and I in trying to make sense of hate speech as the jurisprudence evolves around it. When I listened to Aaron's roots outside the court, and I will explain to our listeners in a second why he was unhappy with the judgment. What he didn't say, but it but but it was kind of implied in what he was saying, is that at a subjective level, if I feel that the speech is injuring my group membership by saying things that are nasty, vile, and feels to me like hatred of white people, that that is enough for it to be classified as hate speech, even if no white person is actually murdered. How does the court puzzle through, because there isn't much said in the judgment around that question, just at the level of affect. If I hear that song and I feel distressed, does
1: the law care about my feelings? It's that's a very important and quite critical point in hate speech jurisprudence, uh, nationally and internationally, is, um, and it's very surprising that Mr. Roots did convey that impression that you know the experience of the complainant uh, should be um, a. Uh, a compelling consideration, because that's the opposite of the position AFRI Forum and associated groups uh, have taken in other litigation. So you you know that um, now in the course of the old flag litigation, which I've been involved in on the opposite side as as AFRI Forum, they consistently took the position, and it's the same legal team, consistently took the position that um, impact, is not the primary consideration. Intention and incitement, those are the things that matter uh, in in AfriForum's argument. Um, And they contended this both pre and post Kuelane uh, in the Constitutional Court, Mm -hmm. where Kuelane made it clear that the causing of harm is is something different from the incitement, uh, which incitement means a call to action, but even post uh, Kuelane, which held that In in, uh, inflicting harm on people through the speech itself is enough, Um, they still maintain that no, a call to action is required, uh, which is incitement. Mm. So every forum in their argument, at least as it's been recorded in the judgment, I haven't read their heads of argument, seemed to find themselves um, straightjacketed by that position they'd taken previously that no, there must be a call to action. So they set themselves quite a high threshold to meet, which is that um, the the song and the chant in this case must be construed as a call to action. Uh, That was the argument they said. Now, if they had run a very different case, which was the case run in Kuelane by um, those advocating for the queer community, the case run in, in a matter I was involved in recently, where we won a judgment in favor of the South African Chinese community, is that it doesn't have to be incitement. It doesn't have to be that you are actually trying to tell people to go out of their homes and attack gay people or Chinese people or Afrikaners. Um, It is sufficient that you reach into the dignity of those people as a group um, and cause them harm, that you intrude on their human dignity. Now, if AfriForum had run that case, which from the way the evidence was summarized by the judge, it seems that they didn't. Uh, that they were fixated on the fact that you know farm murders as a as an empirical phenomenon are real rather than talking of you know yes. getting witnesses to say um, that this is how the singing of this song and the chanting of this uh chant make me feel as a South African in South Africa it makes me feel like rubbish, it makes me feel like i 'm uh-huh. vermin that has to be exterminated it doesn 't appear. Uh, Now, that also wouldn't be enough because the subjective impression of the complainant is not enough or the target group. It has to be that the evidence demonstrates some kind of objective meaning that um, the reasonable person would construe a clear intention to cause that kind of harm, to, to, um, to violate that dignity. So the evidence would have to be such... Firstly, there must at least be that subjective experience, that my dignity is violated. But then the evidence must also be such that objectively you can say that Mr. Malema and Mr. Ndlozi intended um, that the reasonable person would interpret their conduct as intending to violate dignity. So it's, it's very nuanced, but that I, I hope I've clearly set out the different thresholds.
0: Absolutely clear, yeah. It wasn't the linchpin of their case. And even if it was, I kept thinking to myself, I wish it was a major premise in their case, because I would have loved to hear what the judicial officer thinks about that beautiful quality of expert evidence on the part of the academic that the EFF had brought in and whether that analysis of the song could also have been sufficient to overcome any claims that the song reaches into the group dignity of white people. But in a sense, that question wasn't live for the court because it wasn't the heart of the case of EFN.
1: Yeah, and and this this is the, I think, a a tactical mistake that AfriForum made is that recognizing that hate speech cases are about meaning. Once you know that your opponent is calling an expert on language, and, um, and song and struggle song. Uh, and you get an expert notice. You get a summary of that person's evidence so that you have an opportunity to call an opposing expert. The EFF never called, I mean, the Afri Forum never called an expert on language, never called an expert on the meaning of words in political or other contexts. Instead, they presented, um, uh, two members, uh, Ernst Rutz and a, uh, a cleric who testified not as experts on language, but as experts on uh, farm murders and the effect of uh, farm violence on the victims. And then another expert, somebody from the Institute of Race Relations, it's not clear what his expertise was meant to be, but the court found he wasn't an expert witness anyway, but certainly not an expert on language. Um So having they put themselves in the position where Dr. Gunner's evidence was effectively unopposed, right, uh, they had yeah. no uh, countervailing evidence on language yeah. and meaning.
0: Which brings me nicely to the last part that I want us to explain. A lot of the judgment summarizes and very quickly dismisses, but maybe rightly so, you'll tell me this question of whether there's a connection between the song and Actual attacks on farmers, the farming community, white people, or potentially imminent attacks and assaults on white people. What is that part of the judgment about?
1: So it appears that um, certain witnesses for the EFF tried to draw a causal link between, uh, sorry, for AfriForum, tried to draw a causal link between the song and. And um actual farm violence against white people in particular, sometimes because of the language used, we forget that farm violence includes violence against black people, including violence against black people by white farmers. Um, but they're specifically talking about the causal link between um violence against white people on farms by black people. Um, And they wanted to draw a causal link between the song and the chant and that. uh And the evidence that it appears they set up was then kind of embarrassingly debunked in the cross-examination. So Mr. Krauser, who was an expert evidence for the Institute for Race Relations, testified that, no, the calling, this the chanting of the song, call the fire brigade, burn these boers, was followed by Farms being set alight in some place four hours away, you know, the following month. And then it was put to him uh, that, well, in fact, according to the news reports, those were felt fires caused by, you know, uh, there were burning tires in a a, um, service delivery protest and the fires then carried into the felt. So there was no arson. Um, And he embarrassingly had to concede that. So, you know, that doesn't do any service to your case where you don't even need to prove a causal link because it's not part of the test. You then try to prove a causal link and your attempt to do so is quite. I
0: was flabbergasted at how flimsy it is because these oaks go around and they pride themselves on being more empirically rigorous than the rest of the universe. And yet, the other layperson, I mean, unless the judge is lying in the summation of what happened, which I cannot imagine is the case. The other one that was even more embarrassing, I thought, Ben, is testimony from someone that was attacked before the yeah. formation of EFF.
1: Yeah, um, it was, you know, someone who testified about an attack that happened in 2008. Um, and it seems, and the judge, it, it seems quite correctly inferred from his evidence that he believed that the three young men attacked him, uh, because they had heard such a song simply because they were black. Um, and there was no evidence that this song had been sung by, um, Julius Malema, who at, in 2008 was really only a year into coming onto the national stage and he wasn't singing that song at the time uh, as far as i know uh, the song only featured really in 2010 that's when it came into the spotlight um that's right so yeah. the, there was no yeah. evidence presented that the song had been sung by julius malema or anyone else um before that man was attacked by three young black men um so so again you, you're setting up uh a, a case that and that's
0: quite apart from imputing motive to the three black men. I mean, you're also assuming that all black people listen to Julius Malema. So even if there was the causal connection in terms of timeline with the time sequence, it's not as though the victim of the attack had an opportunity to remonstrate with the three young men and to say, hey, Oaks, before you leave me, can you just um, kindly tell me what your motive is? Is this just an act of criminality or is this political violence inspired by Malema?
1: Yeah, it would certainly help um, EFF's cause if, of scores if you know, attackers would sign the the guest book on their way out and give their reasons. Um, but uh, I, I'm being flippant. Obviously, rural safety is a serious issue. But you know, to impute motives to people is is you know, it's it, it's really not. It is a serious
0: issue, yeah. But equally, it doesn't help us. It certainly doesn't help us if we are making assumptions about the motives.
1: Absolutely. And where where crime is, um, I mean, to suggest that people, you know, they may very well be poor and desperate people, but they have equal agency to everyone else. To suggest that they direct themselves to crime or any other behavior at the whims of politicians is, I think, quite insulting. The final question is
0: based on a clip that I watched and also shared it with you. In the clip, which I want to play very quickly, there's an interesting criticism from Mr. Aaron's roots.
2: The judge made, um, gave very strong emphasis uh, and, and highlighted several times the, the issue of a link between chanting kill the boy, kill the farmer and farmers being murdered, despite the fact that Throughout my testimony, throughout the argument, and highlighted several times errors. Yeah. So, so one thing that we were a bit concerned about in the judgment is the judge made um, gave very strong emphasis uh, and, and highlighted several times the the issue of a link between chanting "kill the boy, kill the farmer" and farmers being murdered, despite the fact that throughout my testimony, throughout. The arguments given by our legal team, we have repeatedly stated that the test of whether something is hate speech does not depend on whether there is a causal link. The judge, at least from his summary, it seems to us as if he, he thinks that you need to prove some form of a causal link. Well that's, that's not what the Act says, that's not what our argument was. So we seem, it seems to us that the judge didn't really, at least in his summary, didn't give a proper um, evaluation of our argument. And he seems to have dismissed an argument that we didn't present to the court. So we are concerned about that. Um, and also, we don't think the ruling is consistent with what was already decided by, by the constitutional court in the Quilani matter, which was also a hate, uh, hate speech case.
0: Now, in that clip that you've just heard, Ben, he is cheesed off that the court had focused on a causal connection between the song as a form of speech, and whether or not it actually resulted in real violence do you think that that because the media is going to be reporting on that as their official response to the judgment do you think that Aaron's roots is fair and accurate in his gripe with the court because he almost makes it seem in that clip as if the judge did not accurately understand the threshold requirements in the Equality Act.
1: So, in fairness to Mr. Roots, he does say in the clip that he's basing his comment on the summary that the judge read out in court. Now, I'm not sure what the judge read out in court. I've only read the full written judgment. And the full written judgment in its analysis and application of the law to the facts doesn't deal with the causal link at all. Where the judge deals with the causal link is in recounting what the witnesses said, where he says, well, well, these witnesses tried to draw a causal link. In cross-examination, they conceded that there was no evidence of a causal link. But it actually doesn't feature in his reasoning at all, because he disposes of the case simply at the level of meaning of the words. So he doesn't even get into the effect of the words, uh, because, you know, at the level of meaning, they don't meet, um, uh, firstly, the requirement that it must be based on prohibited grounds like race or ethnicity, mm. and secondly uh, that it must be, you know, literal. Uh, it must actually mean that uh, people um, must be subjected to harm. Advocate Ben
0: Winks, lucid as always. Thanks for doing public duty. Thanks for coming on.
1: Such a pleasure as always.